solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? I don't know why I did that. What's up, everybody? This is a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And some of y'all may not even be teams or fans of the Texans anymore, but you come here to talk Texans, and that is what we are going to do. I am John Hickman. Of course, I'm followed and joined by Cody Davis, my co-host here. Super excited for today's show. Cody, here goes the alley. Take him down that yellow brick road. Give him that rundown. Let's yes. talk Texans. <laughs> yes, sir. On this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to be joined by Mr. Brian Bearfield. You guys might know him as Big Sarge, one of the best Houston sports journalists in the city today as we get his thoughts on how the first half of the Houston Texans season has been for him and and what are his thoughts surrounding the Texans rebuild project as of right now. But before we be joined by Big Sarge, John, listeners, we talked about this on yesterday. David Cully, John Grenard, Chris Conley, they all gave the impression that Coming off of the bye week, the Houston Texans want to get more wins in the second half of the season. And I say it every single day, one in eight, eight-game losing streak. And there is a, a, a slim, small possibility maybe that they could upset the Tennessee Titans, who are, by the way, eight and two. However, I would be more so under the assumption that the Texans could have beat the Tennessee Titans if that game was held inside NRG Stadium. Why? Because the Texans have been one of, if not the worst team on the road. Really quick, I want to throw some numbers at, at you guys. The last time the Texans scored a touchdown on the on the road came when Tyrod Taylor ran for 15 yards to put the Houston Texans up 14 to 7. And of course, that was the play he injured his hamstring. Since then, the Texans have not scored another touchdown on the road over the last four road games. As a matter of fact, during the five road games that the Texans have played so far this season, this is a team that is averaging seven and a half points on the road in comparison to their performance inside NRG Stadium, where they are averaging 21 points per game. Yeah, I want to say this, man. Their road struggles are a reflective mirror of their home struggles, right? Now, yes, Houston plays slightly better at home, and I get that. However, it, it, it ain't really like Houston got a uh, a home field advantage anymore. I, I thought I saw more Patriot fans at the Houston Texan the Patriot game than I did Texas fans. They was all outside or just at their own home. They didn't even bother to show up. But their issues are road games, they have problems. Home games, they have problems. Uh, vacation games, they have problems. Apartment games, they have problems. They got problems everywhere. And the problem is, well, you don't know what you really want to be, you know, the identity of your offense. You have guys on defense, and they have constant, consistent communication errors. The worst three C's that you want to hear for your defense. And on top of that, you got one year head coach, you got a one year general manager, and both of those guys are trying to put so many different type of elements together 
to make a winning team that we know they're not making a winning team, and when your focus isn't winning, you're not gonna win. All right, nigga, Serio's fo- focus is not winning, <clears throat> despite what we may want to see out of David Cully. And what we've learned is, or our speculation is, that Casario has more say-so on game days than I've seen most general managers uh, have before. And so the focus is the draft, which is kind of funny. We'll talk about that a little bit later. The focus is preparing for the future. All right, now the present doesn't matter. So road, home, doesn't matter what game, a lot of times – you're going to lose. And so far this season, out of nine games, Houston has lost. It is what it is. I also want to mention this. You know who we haven't talked about? I bet you don't, I bet you don't even know where I'm going with this, Cody. And no, I, I, no, I do not. Is this the Deontay Foreman revenge game? Oh, my gosh. We no. ain't talked about it. No. And he scored a, a key touchdown in that last game on Sunday. Filling in for Derrick Henry, he got more carries than Adrian Peterson. And it's funny because think about all the talented players Houston drafted. And now Deontay Foreman comes home. (laughs) Over under, over under 75 yards, one TD. I'm taking the under. You you uh, don't think he gets uh, seventy five yards? No. And one TD. Okay, let me no. let me let me read seventy five total yards and one TD. You don't think he gets that? No. You a hater? You a hater? <laughs> you are a hater, man. You don't think the because the Texans front four is the best part of this team, and the way Jordan not Jordan Jenkins the way John Grenard has been playing. Of course, you know we we're starting to see. Uh, Roy Lopez and look, look, Jacob Martin. Like, I don't think they're going to allow that unless they somehow get off the edge. I, I no, I, I don't see it. I, well, I don't see I, it. I'll tell you what, Deontay Foreman in the game against your Saints, uh, 78 total yards, and he did not have a TD. Now, for the Houston Texans, as well as their front four has been playing, and they have been playing pretty well. Um, Let's see. Outside of the Miami game, how many rushing yards did they give up to the Los Angeles Rams? 165. Uh, let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. Outside of that uh, Miami game, how many rushing yards did they give up to the Arizona Cardinals? 172. Let's go. Well, that's not the back. front. That's not the front four fault. That's when they get to the second level, and that's the linebackers and the secondary's fault. Oh, so Deontay Foreman won't have to worry about the front four <laughs> as long as the, the second level and third level is going to continue to be. <laughs> Consistently communication problems. Okay. Deontay Foreman will have over 75 total yards on Sunday. And I think he has a TV. He may be player of the game. He may just break through. He may show everybody. What if he had, I can keep going. What if he what if he scores and then pulls up a t-shirt, pulls up his jersey and the t-shirt said, I should have been here. Or some or you you should be here with the blue sign that people used to do back in the day between 2012. You should be here, son. <laughs> what if he does that? I hope we get a Deontay Foreman revenge game. This is just me. Texan fans, it's me, John Hickman, your friend. You know me. I don't lie to you. And I got an incredible app that you need to know about. You buy gas, right? You need to know about GetUpside. The app is free. My listeners and myself is making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time we fill up. And gas prices are soaring. 
through the roof, why not save you some money? Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or uh, I'm sorry, in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL, baseball for MLB, or hockey for NHL. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, continuing here with this latest installment of Locked On Texans, we got our guy, Mr. Big Sarge, guest host of In the Trenches over at Sports Talk 790. Big Sarge, what's going on, my man? And welcome back to Locked On Texans. Hey, what's going on? I am so glad that I'm African-American because I know what color people time me. But <laughs> thank y'all for having me back. Thank you no worries, man. <laughs> Hey man, I just want to say, uh, uh, before we get started, man, you guys are doing a, an amazing job, bro. I try to listen as, as much as I can. I may miss a couple of episodes and have to go back and play catch up, man. But, you know, you guys are doing an excellent job. And I want to say that y'all educated me the other day because, I mean, truth be told, I've been covering the, the Texans since, I think, 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. And, um yeah, I don't think I ever knew any of the tight end coaches' names. <laughs> I was like, oh, you didn't know Will? Who, who is that again? Yeah, no. Nah. All mm, I know mm, is the mm. next coach. And <laughs> that's it. Awesome, man. I really do appreciate it. But, Bissars, look, let's jump right into it. The Houston Texans are 1-8, riding an eight-game losing streak coming off the bye week. I asked this question to Kim Davis last week. Of course, we asked the same question to Brandon K. Scott. And I'm going to ask you as well, what is the one word you will use to describe the first half of the Houston Texans season? Putrid. You know what putrid <laughs> means? In a stage of foul... Decay or decomposition, mm. bro. It got worse. Listen, that thing started to stink after week three, and as it kept going, it's it's putrid, man. They it, it it's horrible. I hope that they can change things around, but that first half is definitely that. You know, that's a an amazing word to use for this season. I think so, but I want to ask you a question: Has this season been an eye opener about the future of the team? or very unfortunate in terms of dealing with the past mistakes from the franchise, i.e. the DeAndre Hopkins, i.e. you know all of the bad trades that this team uh, has made up to this point, or decisions or moves, period. Well, I, I look at it like this. I feel like the Houston Texans and a lot of fans and, and some media personalities don't want to deal with this, but this is really 2002 all over again. They are there. This thing has to be tore down all the way to the frame, to the foundation and rebuilt. The Houston Texans going forward for the next three years are going to be just like a brand new franchise coming into the NFL. Because you look at it, they they have a bunch of one year players um, that's going is that, I put it like this, they're going to have a high turnover again. And so just like they had last year, and they're going to have to try to keep rebuilding in the draft there's never going to be any good talented veterans that are here so you're going to have to wait until those draft picks mature enough to learn the nfl game to be good and that is a three to five year process and we know coach cully doesn't have three to five years does nick casario have three to five years i mean we know that jack easterby is going to be here in five years unless he takes a general manager job or you know (laughs) Vice president of football operations somewhere else, or his own mega church. Hey, look, you never know. I mean, Joe Osteen may be looking for an associate pastor. So, 
you know, or TD Jakes trying to bring some diversity. But you know, it's 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 a rebuilding situation, and it's and it's sad because in 19 years later, you got to go all the way back to the beginning. That's like going from like what what's the what's the city that you get to before you get to Beaumont? I can't think. Winnie, um, huh? Winnie. So Dayton. it's like going, it's like going. going. <laughs> it's like going from Houston headed to Beaumont. You get to Winnie, and then you realize you left something at home that you needed, and got to go all the way back to Houston. Mm. Sarge, you know, along that same line, do you think this is an organization that can actually afford to go through a rebuild like that? Because look, you 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 compared this to two thousand and two. But the Texans were a first team back then. They had the fan base excited, and they knew it was going to be a while before this team could get themselves into a position where they are looked at as a respectable team, a respectable organization around the league. Now, when you look at everything that has transpired over the last 19 years, especially over the last, what, three to four years, do you think the Texans can actually afford this? Because I'm under the – I'm looking at this from a standpoint of if they don't get this thing figured out, this might end up being another Houston Oilers situation. And before I give the floor over to you, you sit up there inside the press box and inside NRG Stadium with us and you see every single game, the crowd is getting smaller, smaller and smaller. The only way that the Houston Texans can survive this rebuild that they're about to go through is if they do what the Carolina Panthers did. Carolina Panthers brought back Cam Newton as a smokescreen to show, to, to distract the fans from, we are a bad team. Like I don't even count that 34 to 10 win over the Arizona Cardinals. Cam is back. And that's all that everybody's going to see. So in order for the Houston Texans organization to throw that smokescreen at fans while they do this rebuild, you're either going to have to go out and get a really good quarterback or you're going to have to go out and get a big-name coach. You may have to pry a big-name coach from somewhere. you got to give the fans something else to look at outside of the fact that your team is not that good, that you don't have a talented team. Or you're going to have to go out and get some big-name free agents. You're going to have to get somebody that's going that the fans are going to be able to look at and have some hope. If they, do, if they don't do that, then no, the fans aren't – listen, I listen to them – Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I listen to fans call into the station and talk about how they're not a fan anymore. As a matter of fact, on Monday, I had to almost defend the Texans. I was like, listen, if you are a fan, you're supposed to stay a fan through the good and the bad. I remember a time where the Saints fans wore bags over their head. That's a shot at you, Cody. But I remember a time when Saints fans were the ain'ts. And so unless they get somebody in here, like I said, as far as a big-name free agent, a big-name quarterback, or a big-name coach, no. The fans are going to keep dwindling away and keep going away until they do. That's kind of interesting because you mentioned prying away a big-name coach. Do you not have faith in David Cully? This wasn't even one of my questions. Do you not have faith in David Cully to go past year two? No. Does he make it to year two, in your opinion? What, what fairness to him, I mean. So, what 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 do you think their record is going to be at the end of the season? I would I would happily, with ease and all pleasure, say one in sixteen. You don't have them beating the Jets. I would happily, with ease <laughs> and all pleasure, 
have them going one and 16. <laughs> well, I'll put it like this. I think that David Cully is going to survive through year two because they're still going to be selling the fans on. We're trying to get this thing together. We're trying to get this thing together. Give David Cully, you know, the situation in which he came into that Bill O'Brien left really bad. Give him another chance. But I don't see him. So I look at it like this. I also cover the Houston Astros. I could see after two years why the Astros would give Dusty another year. I mean, in year one, in the uh, COVID season, he took him to game seven of the ALCS. Year two, he took him to game six of the World Series. So I could see bringing Dusty Baker back. If next year, how, how many wins do you think Texans get next year? Maybe three? So they'll go three and 13? Or something to that effect? Three, 14 three, now with three, the 17 14. games. Yeah, so, I mean... That's two more wins than what you're uh, predicting for them to get this year. You're not going to bring a coach back like that. You're going to need – listen, i put it like this. I think that a, a, a coach that would be really good for this franchise, and it's a coach that I am not a fan of, but I think that he may be really good for this for this franchise. You got to see if you could buy him into rebuilding, though. It's Mike Tomlin. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. That's that's the that's the same guy that, a, what he said earlier about the USC job. <laughs> and I'm not a Mike Tomlin fan. I, I am by far not a Mike Tomlin fan, but I do believe that if you bring him in here, because I don't know, be honest with you, I don't know how much long Mike Tomlin has with Pittsburgh. I don't either. Mm-hmm. I don't either. And so he's going to be looking for a job. And I know that there's going to be other jobs, but if I'm the Texans and Mike Tomlin becomes available, or I'm talking to his agent right now and saying, Hey, if he doesn't last, we're prepared to pay him. How much is he making now? We're prepared to overpay him because that's the smokescreen. You can sell the fans on. We got a Super Bowl winning uh, coach coming in here. We got a coach who has playoff experience. We have a coach that has been with that franchise and, you know, had them winning. Because I don't think Mike Tomlin has had a losing season since he's been a coach with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nope. So that name right there alone keeps the fans you know, satisfied at least for two years. You know, I really, I would really love to see Kyle Shanahan in Houston. The way he designs run plays is, I just, it's something about, and Coach Staley for the Chargers mentioned it, the physicality that the run game brings helps your offense. And the way he designs and scheme of run plays is mind blowing to me. I do want to transition to Nick Casario before we move on. What has been your take on him so far? Things like his uh, booth presence, how he dances around questions and you're in the media with him at those press conferences with him, how he dance around questions at times during the press conferences. How do you feel about the first year general manager? It's funny you say that, John, because last time we spoke with him, he literally not danced, but he stepped from behind the podium to answer my question and says, Junior Seau gets right here. You know, uh, not, was it Junior Seau? Uh, I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> Junior Seau, we used to call him the breakfast club. They would get there in the morning and in the waiting room, he'd get there and he'd act this thing. I'm saying to myself, sir, what you're really doing is just feeding me a whole bunch of fluff. You're not even going to answer the question that I asked you. And so my impression of Nick Casario is if you listen to him. So for like the trained ear like ourselves. We can hear straight through all the fluff that he says, everything that he's talking about. And we get down to the nitty gritty and we realize you're not really saying anything, but he talks in a businessman way. He always mentions books about entrepreneurs or CEOs. You know, he talked about Michael Dell and 
he brought in about the acquisition of Pinterest or something to that effect. Every time I hear him, I'm saying to myself, he's a businessman posing as a football as a football personality. I, did I say that right? He's a, 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 he's a businessman posing as a football person who is supposed to turn his franchise around, and I just don't see it. Like, if I'm listening to him, I'm saying, wow, that is amazing, the things that you're saying, but it really means nothing. So right. I don't have the faith in Nick Casario that everybody <clears throat> has. I feel like the Texans need to go out and get a proven general manager, just like they need a proven head coach. You cannot turn this thing around with first-year people because what a, what a, what a first-year means is you got to give them time. Oh, well, you know, we can't judge him after year one. We can't judge him after year two. We got to get him in here so he can clean up everything and clear out and bring his own people in and do things like that. And then we got to give him time to do this, that, and the other. No, just get somebody that's proven that's going to come in with his people and say, hey, we're good. This is what we're going to do. My track record proves it. There's no track record that I feel that Jack Easterby had. I'm Jack Easterby. That Nick Casario has that, that tells me, he knows what he's doing to lead this franchise going forward. And why is he in the booth? I, I can't remember a time of Rick Smith ever being in the booth. Like, never. Every time I listen to Nick Casario talk, it slowly drowns out. And, and all of a sudden in my head, I hear every little step I take. <laughs> you taking steps and dancing around these doggone questions. We got more from Big Sarge coming up here on the Locked On Texas podcast. Don't go anywhere. We're talking Texas and we're doing it the way we do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever created. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself. Most protein bars are very chalky, waxy, just plain hard to chew. While Built Bar is a soft, covered in 100% real chocolate bar, when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, low fat, low sugar, I'm sorry, low sugar, low calorie, but high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious with so many different flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you can get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Dot com and also and we are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all of basketball and football action this season head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports because bet online is where the game starts. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, continuing here on this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. Of course, we got our guy, Mr. Big Sarge. Sarge, you and I had an interesting conversation when we was, you know, getting you <laughs> to come on the show earlier today. And you said something that I really want to like just touch on just a little bit. It was how can this this team that's going through a rebuild, how can they actually bring in talent and me just like a lot of other people believe they're the, the only way that the texans can do this is to build through the draft you got an interesting take on this and i want you to share it with john and the rest of the listeners 
So when I was uh, on uh, In the Trenches, hosted by former NFL player Indy Kalouf, Indy said something today about the Tennessee Titans. He went through the draft picks from 2017 until now for the Tennessee Titans. And in those, he started talking about on how many draft picks the Titans have missed out on, but they still are uh, still leads the AFC South, still one of the top teams in the AFC. And he says, that's the issue and the problem that I have with the Texans trying to stockpile draft picks. Because just because you get all these picks, just like just because you're going to trade away Deshaun Watson and get a boatload of picks back, that doesn't equate to getting talent in here to turn your franchise around and win. And just like I said earlier, they have to wait for the, the this talent to, to mature. They have to mature and get to, I put it like this, Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan. I think that those two guys are going to be great I think that, if, you know, because they have the work ethic, they got they definitely have the size and the athleticism. I think that they could be great, but they're not going to be great by the end of this season. They're going to have to take time. By year three, if Nico Collins keeps doing what he's supposed to do, we'll be talking about him as far as one of the best wide receivers. If Brevin Jordan uh, keeps, you know, growing like he is, then we'll talk about him. But look at what we're talking about. Three years later. And so I don't know. And if you if you look at this franchise, I mean, from 2002 to 2021, like, can you all name me the, a big name, big name, free agent who said, I want to go play for the Texans? Not one that was traded <laughs> here, not one that came here on a one year deal, knowing that they was just here to, to pass time before they move on. To the next deal like there hasn't been in or or not ed reed <laughs> so <laughs> there's no big name free agents that have come here and i don't see any big name free agents coming here in the future hmm. you muted john i'm sorry i will say that j joe was a big free agent signing uh because i think that same offseason if i remember correctly they put their their hats their number in the hat for 90 option walk but they got J. Joe, and does you know does Antonio Smith get any love? I'll give you J. Joe. Well, and that's because I mean to be honest with you, I'm biased because I'm a huge J. Joe fan, like huge. So I'll give you J. Joe. All right, so J. Joe was huge for Houston. That's one in 19 years. So what? Can you name another? The only one I would. I would, I would, the only I would, one I would, I would say I would, Antonio Smith, man. He was, he was he wasn't big name. You're right. Oh, no, you're right. The the only one that I can actually think of is Honey Badger, but that falls into the category of what you're saying. He was just here just to pass time. As soon as he had an opportunity to leave, he jetted out of here and went to Kansas City. And of course, you know it worked out in his favor. And so that's what I'm saying. Trying to build, trying to build this Texas organization through the draft is going to be hard. And where we are now, and especially so, here's the thing that changes the whole perception when it comes to fandom. <laughs> Back then, social media wasn't as prevalent as it is now. So you didn't hear everybody's voice. If you wanted to hear what somebody had to say, you had to be in a barbershop. You had to be at a sports bar. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to listen to sports radio for people to call in. Now people have access to express their feelings and how they're feeling at, at their fingertips. And so, you know, as they're sitting here waiting and saying, okay, 
What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Who are y'all going to do? This, that, and other. You're hearing all these fans that post every day. They're going to get tired of waiting here pretty soon. And, you know, I don't know if the Texans organization, uh, you know, the higher-ups, I don't know if they're tone deaf. That's why in the press conferences, Cody, you know that I, I ask a lot of fan-based questions because – do a great job of it. Uh, I appreciate that, brother. But I, I ask that because – you know, I know that the bulk of your money comes from television. I I know that. I know that the, the money from the tickets, apparel, parking, you know, food, I know a lot of that doesn't really, you know, make a dent or, or doesn't really catch the owner's attention. But by the same token, you're going to – you don't want to keep putting out a bad product. You don't want to keep putting out a, a, a bad product on the field and then you're looking up in the stands and saying, hey, man, ain't nobody here. To, to, to cheer us on because now the morale may not matter to the upper management, but the morale and the crowd is for the team. Let me, let me tell you all real quickly. Uh, my girlfriend and I, I, I went to the, to cover the Arizona versus Texans uh, game or the Cardinals versus the Texans game in Arizona. Right. And we stayed there because my girlfriend is a huge Packers fan. So we stayed there for the pack. So now I'm not there as a media personality. I'm there as a, as a fan just to watch football. Like I said, she's a Packers fan. Do you know in Cardinal Stadium, there was so many Packers fans in that, that the reason why uh, A.J. Green couldn't hear Kyler Murray audible, uh, doing the audible on that last play is because in that section, it was nothing but Green Bay Packers fans. Nothing but Green Bay Packers fans screaming this and that. That's why he looks so confused because he's like, I couldn't even hear, right? Now, imagine that game uh, between the Arizona Cardinals and the Houston Texans in NRG. Kyler Murray could have whispered <laughs> and <laughs> would have heard that audible. So – that's what I'm saying. Like, how much longer can you keep putting this product out on the field that and, and keep your fans? I don't think you. I don't think you can for too much longer. Yeah. I don't. I don't really think you can. Big Sarge, I want to ask you a question. This has nothing to do necessarily with the product of the Houston Texans. This has everything to do with you. We talk about the players a lot, right? We talk about their routine, but we don't necessarily. And this is a problem for me. We don't necessarily. Show love to the writers, to the journalists, to the to the broadcasters, to the people that help facilitate the the team news and everything that's going on on and off the field from the team to the fans. We don't talk about them a lot. So Sunday morning, you're getting ready to go to the NRG Stadium. Who is your go to artist or what is your go to song you listen to for game day? that gets you in that mood to cover a team that you may not even want to go to the stadium to watch at time. Like, you got to pump yourself to go watch them. Oh, man. Hold on. Give me give me one second. Oh, going to the phone. going to the phone. Yeah, give me one second because I got I to gotta look for it because I don't want to mess up the, the name of it. So it is – oh, my God. I played it all the time when I had – Ah, uh, my show. Oh man, hold on. Just give me one second. Oh, uh, deliver me. Hold on, let me turn this down because I got to get the artist. I couldn't remember her name, but it's uh, deliver me. Uh, 
by Do uh, Donald Lawrence and um, what's her name? Leandra Johnson. Sorry, sorry it took so long, but I couldn't. I knew the name of the song. I just couldn't think of the artist. I heard of her before. Service. So yeah, it's a uh, it's deliver me. This is my Exodus by Donald Lawrence and the Tri City Singers featuring Leandra Johnson. That's what that's the song that gets me going all the time. And it's a gospel song. I don't. It's no none of that unless I'm. That's about I think it. Cody told me about uh, not too long ago. I yeah. About it. Okay. Sunday mornings are still reserved for gospel and football. Thank yep. you guys for checking out the Locked On Texas podcast. Of course, I am John Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Follow the Locked On Texans Twitter page at Locked On Texans. Also, take them same fingers. Go ahead over to YouTube, comment, like, and subscribe to the Locked On Texans YouTube page as well. And before I sign off, Big Sarge, where can our listeners follow you at on Twitter? Uh, Big Star Sports with a Z at the end on Twitter. Yes, sir. Please be sure to follow Big Sarge because not only do he cover the Texans, he also cover the Houston Rockets and the Houston Astros. And man, when I tell you we do miss the Astros, just giving us something to cheer about, we miss that team. <laughs> and as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y. D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.